the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fortune-making spirit of today's marketplace, The Rob Black Show. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more, hopefully. That is the name of the game. That is what the show can focus on and succeed at. Last year was an unusual one, to say the least. Isn't that something we say more and more as we get older? Despite huge immediate change in our life due to COVID-19, global power generation fell only two-tenths of one percent. So we moved from working at home. No, no, we moved from working at work to working at home. And when we looked at power generation, we weren't driving as much to work. We're not operating two buildings last year. Working from home seemed like it should have been more power efficient versus taking a look at your office space and going, wow, there's a lot of computers on. Power generation only fell by two-tenths of a percent. Coal-fired power generation fell 3% year-on-year. Gas-fired power fell about 1%. Nuclear power declined 3%. Wind, solar, hydropower all grew. Clean energy is something we're talking about on a regular basis. Last year was the first year in which renewable wind, solar, hydropower, and biomass and waste power provided the entirety of growth in global power generation. So would you invest in coal? Would you invest in natural gas? Should you invest in oil? All in decline versus clean energy starting to grow as far as consumption goes. 10 years of data shows coal's contribution to power generation growth is very evident through 2014 and again in 2017, 2018, natural gas power growth also evident. Nuclear power had kind of a poster child of a, a bad stroke in the Fukushima drop. But would you invest in a sector or uh, – yeah, yeah. That's in decline. It's kind of damning. Since I was a little child, I've seen commercials where – and I know we've all seen this American Lung Cancer Society one where the guy has the breathing tube. And he puts a cigarette in it and you hear him go, I should never have smoked. He sends smoke out of his tracheotomy and you're like, oh, that's disgusting. Oh, that's something that's in decline, and yet you can still invest in Altria or Philip Morris, tobacco. It's not an area that I really get excited by is what I want to get down to. Yesterday we heard ExxonMobil say that they'll double profits in the next five years. 
they're really, really good at using their investment dollars efficiently to show great growth. If you're not doing it by natural gas-fired plants, if you're not doing it by oil gas, uh, oil-powered plants, is it exciting? So one thing that I try to do is we know that the GDP of the United States tends to grow somewhere between 2 and 4%. 3% just right. It's very Goldilocksian. 4% is a little too fast. It creates wage inflation. 2% is a little too slow. It's, yeah, you're, you're kind of looking at a recession. Kind of, no, you're a little too close. 3% is the magic number of GDP growth. So when you see a company like Google growing at 20% or Facebook growing at 15% or Apple growing at 10% and you see GDP between two and four, you're like, oh, I, I see why tech is kind of a sexy comparatively. And I totally agree. It is kind of sexy in a comparative level. Um, oftentimes on the show, you'll hear me talk about retail stocks. Or I think my favorite probably is the restaurant stock. And I tend to say, well, just buy McDonald's. Why own a Cheesecake Factory or an Outback Steakhouse or a P.F. Chang's? P.F. Chang's, I once went on national television and recommended. And I was right for a two to three year period. But if you look at a 10 year period, I should just shut my mouth and go on with McDonald's. Um... It's a weird thing to say out loud, right? You can come up with really great, and even Ruth's Chris, once publicly traded, you can come up with a high-end restaurant. That's a great chain. Have you ever been to Ruth's Chris? Fantastic meat. Holy mackerel. It was one of the first restaurants that I went to that I was like, well, I think in your 20s, you kind of break away from mom and dad, right? And you start by going with your buddies to McDonald's or Burger King because you get a lot of calories, a lot of carbohydrates for very small amounts of dollars. And then your high end becomes like Cheesecake Factory on Saturday nights, maybe Olive Garden. But out of reach is almost like the Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. And then you move to San Francisco and you see like Ruth's Chris is like, oh, it's a chain. It's beneath me. I must go to something better. And you start going to lodges like private lodges where you're like, whoa, that was just killed today out on the range, so to speak. So I'm always looking for something that's growing faster than GDP. I'm always looking for something that has that component to it. So I don't really like the industries like water, which is incredibly sexy to invest in because there's a shortage of it on the planet, right? But I don't like the growth. It, if I can find a subsector inside of like water, as far as utility goes, maybe it's the turning salt water into drinking water. Like, hey, that's sexy. But if you're just saying like own a public utility that serves water to the citizens, I'm like, yeah, yeah, they always raise rates and yeah, they always make money, and that's the attractiveness of it. It, it, you can see the growth from a mile away. You can see the growth. For, like You can say, oh, looks like a lot of people are moving this area. Oh, looks like a lot of people are leaving this area. Um, for instance, and this is just really, this is just 
BS quick analysis. If I were to look at PG&E and say, okay, a majority of their clients are in California. And then you hear studies and research reports about how many people are leaving California due to the high cost of living. How many people are going to Seattle? How many people are going to Arizona? How many people are going to Nevada? How many people are leaving just the state? Leaving the state. You could say, okay, well, pg and losing some of their customers. That's not sexy to me. But again, I'm not, when I say sexy, it's, it's got to be intriguing, you know? It's got to get you curious as an investor. So that's my shtick on this first sector. Um, one area that I want to be in right now, two areas that I want to be in. Banks, because over the next three years, we should see higher interest rates. And that three-year burn will be slow, grind, higher. One area that I want to be in, that I should be in, is more energy stocks. It's going to be a slow, grind, higher. As we reopen, we've already seen oil spike from $40 a barrel to $80 a barrel. But what if we really reopen? What if you and I go to Europe this summer? What if we have the ability to spend as much money as we have saved? We're going to see energy go higher. It's funny because you get kind of stuck in this. I don't want to own energy. I don't want to own financial stocks. I don't want to because they're too slow. But this is their environment. Potential inflation. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. The Rob Black Show is brought to you by EP Wealth. Learn more about EP's unique approach to managing wealth at robblackshow.com. Invest in what is really important. Rob Black has partnered with EP Wealth Advisors. Are you concerned with financial planning, tax planning, managing your investments, or just planning your retirement? Rob Black has partnered with EP Wealth Advisors. With over $12 billion in assets under management and more than 80 financial professionals at the helm, EP has your financial future in mind. Learn more by visiting robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. It's Jack Dorsey leaves Twitter. He was completely focusing on Square and changes the name to Block. Facebook changes their name to Meta trying to kind of align with where they're, they're trying to go. Clearly, Square is trying to be blockchain, crypto. And Facebook's trying to be metaverse, i.e. the next level of computing is augmented reality, virtual reality. And Facebook wants to define the space, even though they have no hardware to sell into it. Between you and me, I'd rather bet on Apple than on Zuckerberg. As far as succeeding with the product... Yesterday was a tough day on the markets. Do you remember how we were going from Friday, down day, Monday, up day, Tuesday, down day, Wednesday, up? Nope, didn't turn out that way. Major indices sold off yesterday on the news that the first Omicron case in the United States was identified in California. We don't have to go too far back to check the tape, to check the podcast. When we first heard about Omicron on Friday, we panicked. And then when we recovered on Monday morning, I said, don't stress. This is going to happen. There's going to be a day when it comes to the United States. It's inevitable. Or if I was Mike Tyson, it would be inedible. It's inedible. The Omicron's coming. And I said, when it does the first case hit, 
and there's that big breaking news. Man in San Francisco has Omicron. Even though the following subsequent story was no one that he was in contact with caught it yet, knock on wood. And his symptoms came and went pretty easily. But I told you, there's a big chance for the market getting upset the moment we get that another extra case in the U.S., that first case. And guess what? Whatever's next in the alphabet, and I don't know my Greek alphabet well, apparently. Um, I struggled with Latin, i.e. I didn't take it. Seemed kind of like a dead language, except for if you want to be a successful doctor. I took French because I thought that would make me a player on the, the, the international love scene. Should have taken Spanish or Chinese. Realistically, I should have taken Chinese. Practically, I should have taken Spanish. But I went to be the international lover, Pepe Le Pew, French. Um, something weird. Something tells me Pepe Le Pew should be canceled. Something just stinks of like he needs to be canceled. We need to never see a, a skunk trying to seduce a cat ever again. Interspecies, interspecies. No, no, I can't see it anymore. So anyway, back to the markets yesterday. Changing your name to be reflective of what you do. Not the worst thing in the world. But it is kind of funny. Some of them are, I think, silly. Google changed the name to Alphabet. At one point in time, and I still do totally with this, Google had aspirations to be an everything company. And I think it's one of the problems that CEOs get into. They, they want to be everything. Now, again, between Square and Zuckerberg, uh, Dorsey and Zuckerberg and Meta, in that comparison, I'm going to go with Dorsey and Square, even though I own shares of Facebook at this point in time. But in the big theoretical debate, which one do I prefer? Which one do I think? Which is interesting because here's there's an investment philosophy. Even though I think Square's the better idea between the two with Dorsey, I see Facebook as kind of a big, clumsy, awkward mess of a company. I feel weird, the difference between posting on Instagram and the difference between posting on Facebook. They're two different personalities I have. And to me, Facebook's like an old girlfriend that I keep going back to. I'm not faithful to Instagram. But the difference between what you do and what you invest in, interesting, right? Major League Baseball's five-year collectible bargain agreement with its players expired last night. Now the league has entered a lockout, and every single one of us at home are going to go, I don't understand that. I'd play that game for free if I could. Why are these players so greedy? Why are these owners so greedy? Why are these players so greedy? And we'll go back and forth on it. It's the first Major League Baseball work stoppage in 27 years and the ninth in the league history. I don't know this to be completely true, but it seems like every time they strike, fewer and fewer Americans come back to the game because we resent the players. We resent the owners. We, we go, we're going to work. Why aren't you going to work? And fewer of us watch the sport next year on TV. I think the United States citizenship is kind of anti-strike as far as professional sports go. Classic, classic labor strike, though. 
it's a dispute over how to distribute the spoils. You have a league that pulls in $10 billion plus dollars. The players union wants some things better pay for young players who are in their prime. The owners want other things, an expanded postseason, a salary floor. It's pretty basic stuff, right? The big worry is that the lockout will bleed into the season, which starts in three months from now. We saw a situation, just to show you how messed up the league is. There's a pitcher that ended his season with the Dodgers, Scherzer, Scherzer. And he didn't deliver the Dodgers to the promised lands. His arm kind of ran out of gas. And Scherzer, I like to say the name Scherzer, signed a $40 million deal. Basically $40 million a year, which is bigger than the whole payroll of the Pittsburgh Pirates. One pitcher, one whole team. And you can kind of see the problem, right? New York can afford it. Pittsburgh doesn't want to. Pittsburgh doesn't even want to be competitive. They just want to come up with players for the future. Anyway, Spotify comes out every year with their, it's called Spotify Wrapped. It's pretty cute. It shows you what you listen to and what America and what the whole world listen to. Top artist. Who do you think top artist was last year? Making me feel really, really old. This is going to be the first time I'm like, I'm really, really old. International top artist was Bad Bunny. And that's for the second year in a row. Which was impressive because he didn't even release an album this year. Taylor Swift, BTS, Drake, Justin Bieber rounded out the top five. Top album. If you were to listen to one album, who was it, do you think? This one I, this one I could have guessed was Olivia Rodrigo, Sour. Um, top song was Driver's License by Olivia Rodrigo. That certainly made it the, the music area. Top podcast, Rob Black and Your Money. Oh, no, no, top podcast last year. The Joe Rogan Experience. Followed by Call Her Daddy, which Spotify bought for its platform for $60 million in June. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find us at robblackshow.com. Robblackshow.com. Do you like those TV shows where you know something ominous is coming? Coming? Something wicked this way comes, something dramatic the end of the season, like the devil makes his appearance on the show. Wall Street's got a little of that going on right now. Something dramatic's happening in the month of December. And, you know, we're definitely guilty in this industry of a little hyperbole and like getting dramatic. But we saw transitory inflation become <gasps> inflation. And the Federal Reserve, Jerome Powell, this week basically said, look, I'm going to do what I have to do to fight inflation. And that probably means higher interest rates sooner. But before we get there, it probably means buying back more debt faster. That's big, pretty sh- That's a pretty big shift. Admitting that inflation is real. One month ago it was transitory. Now it's real. Now, the nice thing about inflation is sometimes it does seem to take care of itself. It's kind of got a cancel culture thing going on when you're at $5 gasoline. You're like, screw that. I'm staying home. 
hey, honey, you look good in a bikini at home instead of a bikini in Southern California or a bikini in Hawaii. Like, I'm not spending money on energy. Um, so inflation sometimes kind of can curb its own excesses. Not always. Sometimes it, it, it holds root. Home prices, right? Um, wages seem like they're going to be stickier this time. The labor market changed its mind that they don't really want to work in conditions that could cause their health to go down due to COVID. So the hotel, leisure, restaurant industry changed. And you and I are going to be paying more for chicken nuggets. You and I are going to be paying more for hamburgers. You and I are going to be paying more for a sit-down meal. The farming industry with COVID changed. To slaughter animals, you need to get in a meatpacking kind of area, which is pretty tight quarters. COVID ravaged it. And we raised prices on meat. Now, will that hold? Good question. I can tell you that when I go to the store, I'm eating more chicken, right? Because I look at the price of steak and I'm like, too high. Uh, and I got a whole theory there, but I'm going to go, I'm not going to go there. That I'd rather eat red meat in a restaurant. And that's just my thing. I'd rather have it professionally cooked versus my hack attempts. Wow. You know, earlier this week, I think it was on Monday, I was looking at the stock market. I said, every single stock except for Apple is down. Like I was, it was a phenomenal thing that I could look at. I looked everywhere and every single stock was down except for Apple. Right now I'm looking at all the stocks that I track. Every single stock is up except for Qualcomm and Apple. <laughs> it's like almost the opposite. Actually, tech's kind of having a tough day, all things considered. Again, it's a market in change. We went from transitory inflation a month ago to talking about inflation for real now. The discourse changed. It's almost as if you're, you know, when your parents went from treating you like a child to, you know, I'm counting the beers in the fridge. I'm counting, like I'm measuring the amount of alcohol in the bottles where they no longer trust their little baby child. The conversation has changed. The way you're being approached and talked to has changed. The Biden administration is, is having a massive problem on their hands because COVID wave four is coming in and it's coming in strong. And that's going to change the inflation. It's going to put more pressure one more time on the supply chain. But we also are saying, the Biden administration is saying, well, we're going to stay open this time no matter what. Famous last words, I hope not to say. Like, Really? No matter what? And then suddenly we have to get shut down. And it's like, yeah, I guess it wasn't really. <clears throat> but we should have more inflation next year because of what's happening right now. And Wall Street seems to be acting like, yeah, 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 yeah. That That's a good one, Rob. Yeah. Because everything's moving higher today. A little bit of a rebound. Big change in the psychology this week. Jobless claims rose after setting a more than five-decade low. First-time unemployment claims is something that comes out every single Thursday. I kind of love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, <clears throat> I truly believe that if I were to die, I've equipped you all enough with the basic skills to know that that first Friday every month is the number one economic data point. I don't even think you need to wait for a second one. But along the way, if you do, the first time unemployment claims, when you start seeing numbers under 350,000, if you check it every Thursday, 350 to 400,000 is good. That's Goldilocks. 
that chick can break into my house anytime she wants and eat as much cereal as she wants in that good level. But when she breaks into my house and eats my cold porridge, that's not good. Cold would be in the first time unemployment claims. Numbers like 500, 600, 700,000. We're laying off a lot of people. We're cooling down our economy. Hot would be anything under 350,000. And that creates inflation. So I like it somewhere around that 350 to 400,000. But again, that was 2019 numbers. So for now, as we're trying to get back to what feels like a full employment economy, the numbers, we have to be impressed on lower numbers. Weekly jobless claims rose 222,000. Last week at 194,000. Those are hot numbers. Those are numbers of people going back to work. And remember how I said, if I can teach you just one economic data point that you have to pay attention to as Americans with jobs, the best number comes out the first of every month. But kind of like where it's trending is every Thursday, you can see the first time unemployment claims. I like Goldilocks. She's my best friend. <laughs> she likes everything in the middle. 350 to 400,000 is the middle in past history. But again, these, these are strange times with COVID. So CNN number coming in at 222,000 is really hot. Um, it's You've been cooking tacos. You've been cooking fajitas. And you see that black iron skillet. And you're like, I think I can grab it with my hands. I, I don't think it. Stem doesn't look that hot. And you grab it. And you're like, ah. And you start melting like the guy from Raiders of the Lost Ark. One of the worst scenes, best scenes ever, right? You couldn't unsee it at the same time. You're like, that looked pretty fake. I know. You're saying, Rob, you don't really go to the movies thinking that Nazis are going to have their faces melted off, do you? Well, I guess not, but it still looked pretty fake. But even when you see it, Rob, you know it's fake, right? Yeah, yeah I guess I do. <laughs> so pretty tough to get an actor to commit to that kind of character acting, right? Really burn your face. Let's show us how you burn your face and fall, fall. Okay, no, no. So the jobs number is really, really, really important for you to pay attention to. Again, good number. I don't know where this is going. Higher inflation, good employment numbers. It should equal, guess what? More inflation. So the Fed is behind the curve is the thought. The Fed is slipping. They're making a mistake. What is this going on? You want to hear funny? <clears throat> Earlier this week, the big story on Apple hitting all-time highs, and it made a bold move. Earlier this week, the story was something along those lines. Demand for the iPhone 13 must be great. Um, people are buying it now because they don't want to pay more next year when Apple will raise the prices inevitably. Or as my friend Mike Tyson would say, inevitably. Apple's definitely going to raise prices. It's inedible. It's inedible. So Apple now, earlier this week, got praise for it's going to be a great holiday season and people are going to pre-buy to you know, take a cut out of the next year's phone being $200 more. Now today, Apple shares are slipping on a report of weak iPhone demand <laughs> heading into the holidays. Which is it, man? Apple shares are following today. After a report that the company has told its suppliers iPhone demand is weakening heading into the holidays, Apple previously warned that supply constraints will cause it to miss at least $6 billion in revenue this holiday season. 
And now they're saying, don't make as many as we wanted you to because demand's not there. Uh Uh-oh. Maybe they misread the room a little bit, right? Or will we eventually get an iPhone? I think we will eventually get an iPhone. My last iPhone was the first time I've held on to it through chips and through cracks and through the rough seas of three plus years. I'd like to hold on to my current one three plus years. I don't feel the need. I don't feel they're changing that great. But see, Apple has something up their sleeve. Or do they? One of the senior executives at Apple who was who had history with electric vehicles left the company this week. But aren't they coming out with electric vehicle in 2025? That's the rumor. Now, I can guarantee you if Apple wanted to come out with electric vehicle, they could in 2025. But will they wait to read the room to see when the demand is going to be highest? When they can get the best product where they can take their time and make it one generation better. Or they can take their time and make it one more generation better. We know Apple's working on a car and we know that they're also working on augmented reality glasses. Um, I've seen some of their patents on rings and necklaces. They're working on a lot of jewelry for your body. What could a necklace tell a doctor that, say, AirPods can't with your temperature, that, say, a wrist can't with, say, your blood pressure? good questions maybe the necklace would be closer to your heart right you can find me online at rob black show twitter rob black show youtube rob black show i'm rob black talking all things financial money investing and more find us at robblackshow.com robblackshow.com a personal financial plan with custom investment advice that's why rob black has partnered with ep wealth advisors With over $12 billion in assets under management and more than 80 financial professionals at the helm, BP services were built with you in mind. How can they help you? Find out at robblackshow.com. robblackshow.com. You know what I love about my job is my ability to communicate to you how much I love my job. I got an amazing email yesterday. But before I get to that, I'm going to come right back to this. Here's how much I love my job. McDonald's struggles to fix its giant methane problem. And I'm like, okay, I, I know methane or methane, whatever you want to call it, is heavily tied towards cow's flatulence, right? I'm like, is that story going to go there? So listen to this sweet email from a man named Kurt. He texted me or he emailed me yesterday. I listen to your podcast daily while bicycle riding. Something about Queen, and I'm going off script here. He didn't write this, but Queen and Bicycles, the band Queen. Did I just infect your Spotify list today? I hopefully did. Um, so he goes, never miss an episode. That's sweet. You keep saying that you massively appreciate people listening and recommending the show to others. I have to say that I massively appreciate you taking the effort to do the research and make these podcasts. As a result of your influence, I've worked with Michelle Lerman and currently work vigorously with Chad Burton, CFP Chad Burton. Without your guidance, I would never have these assets available to me. I'm deeply in your debt. I think that is a very kind email. The fact that someone listens to me while he rides his bicycle every day, every day and doesn't miss a podcast, it's sweet. Um, do keep in mind, I want you to spend time with your family. But yeah, if I, if I can point out something that's interesting, if I can tell you like, I never wanted to own McDonald's. I never wanted to own McDonald's. I never wanted to own McDonald's. And I was like, you know what? I should own McDonald's. If I teach you things like that, like monopolies are good. If you're being investigated by the European Union, 
that's a good thing, not a bad thing. Now, socially, it's horrible. What evil companies? They've they've killed competition. Shame on them. And like, I still invest with you. They're like the you know the the dirty guys or the the tough guys that your mom and dad don't want you to date, but you still date anyway. So, uh, Kurt, thanks, and um, I do appreciate that. With a sprawling empire of thirty nine thousand restaurants. In 119 countries, McDonald's serves more beef than any restaurant chain on the planet. Between 1% to 2% of the world's total. Are you kidding me? Selling hundreds of hamburgers every second has entrenched the fast food company as an outsized contributor to climate change. They're probably the most evil corporation with climate change. Eh, No, you're probably looking at ExxonMobil. British Petroleum. You're probably looking at those guys. Like, let's go pollute a... A beach for years and years and years and years. Cattle belts out large quantities of heat-trapping methane. Yeah, cow farts is what we're talking about here. Making beef the most harmful food for the climate with at least five times the warming of pork or chicken and more than 15 times the impact of nuts or lentils. Um, suddenly that makes me feel bad about saying... I want a steak tonight. Mm, steak. Oh, look who it is. It's our favorite actress. No. Um, Christy, it's Kirstie Alley. Um, that's just mean, Rob. Yeah. She was in a, a, a Body Heat. Was that movie Body Heat? She was in one of those movies that was like Southern and they're all sweaty and hot and sexy and the guy comes to the back door and like, oh, uh, I know. And then she was the Cheers replacement. No, it never worked for me. Okay. So anyway, cattle belts out large quantities of heat-trapping methane. 53 metric tons of carbon per year. So will McDonald's get into the, the situation where millennials shame them? Could be. Generation Z. 53 million metric tons per year. That's more emissions than the whole country of Norway. Now, do you look at McDonald's as a low-cost labor restaurant like I do? Like, do you look at them as an investment because you always drive by the drive-thru and you always see people in line? I do. Or do you look at them as a big methane producer? For the past decade, McDonald's has vowed to address the planet warming problem. The company promised to purchase some of its beef from sustainable sources and followed that move with a 2018 pledge to trim the climate intensity of its food and packaging by 31% uh, by the year 2030. It announced that it's going to zero out its entire climate footprint by 2050. But can you really do that when you're basically producing so much red meat that tends to fart and fart tends to be bad for the planet? Like, is this for real? And then the, the, the cow poop's no good either. Um, and then you have to feed them grains, and grains take water, and water's a problem in the west of the United States. So McDonald's is planning to say something along the lines of, when you eat one of our famous burgers, you're joining a movement for a more sustainable future. Um, beef sustainability projects 
are fascinating because you kind of know it can't be right. Executives, cattle ranchers, industry experts, scientists. Do you remember a couple of years ago, uh, there was a big thing in America and it, it may have lasted like a month in the headline news. But CNN would get into it and 60 Minutes would get into it. And the headline news was the chicken industry is horrible. We went into a chicken farm and there was 10 million chickens living in a space that could contain 100 chickens. And these chickens were eating each other's poops and these chickens were in filthy conditions and the chickens could barely move and the chickens never saw sunlight. And McDonald's is like, yeah, we're going to do better. And you kind of think like, eh, did we ever look back at that one again? Burger King said they're going to cut by half their carbon intensity of the food it serves by 2030. More chicken. Yum Brands, the owner of Taco Bell, Kentucky Fried Chicken and Pizza Hut said it's going to cut the carbon intensity of its food and its packaging. So how do you look at these companies? This has been an interesting hour because we're talking about perception on a lot of levels. We're talking about comparison. We're not stock picking. We're learning to compare and we're learning how to perceive what the company truly is. Is McDonald's the fast food factory or are they enemy number one to the climate? You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. The Rob Black Show is brought to you by EP Wealth. Learn more about EP's unique approach to managing wealth at robblackshow.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 